All right, welcome. I, I always want to start by saying, all right, but I, I hate when I do that, so I had to stop myself there. So we're already off to a bad start. <laughs> I'm already off to a bad start. It's episode, is this episode 10? 11? I think this is 11. Oh, episode 11. Yeah. The Friends with Benefits podcast. Another one of these bonus episodes that we're getting for everybody while under lockdown. So, you're welcome, everybody. It's a gift. And I was telling you before we started, I made a realization over over this weekend. Uh, I made a realization that um, you, Koran, are absolutely, without a doubt, the Joe Exotic of the Talk Nerdy to Me podcast network. And I'll tell you why I know this, because I heard, uh, I got I got a little sound clip, and if you, if you close your eyes, I need, I need you to tell me, you know how we, we, we used to do a horror movie or porno? Mm-hmm. Okay, is this Joe Exotic presidential speech, or Koran on a dating, like like talking to a potential date. Okay. <laughs> a- answer me this: uh, is is it, is it Koran uh, before he goes on a date, or is it Joe Exotic's presidential speech? Close your eyes and and tell me. Ready? Okay. First thing is, I am not cutting my hair. I'm not changing the way I dress. I refuse to wear a suit. I've had some kinky sex. I have tried drugs through the younger years of my life. I'm broke as shit. Which one is it? Both? <laughs> it's, it could be either. It could be both. I'm not quite sure. And my friend Sean sent me a text today, and uh, it said, Looking for a good quote from something I've uh, read to put on Instagram. I found one that reminds me of a certain friend of mine. Hair and drug use issues with notwithstanding, I've never thought of you as anything less than professional. <laughs> well, thanks, bud. Thank oh, you very much. Man. Thank you very much. Okay, it's been killing me because I, I can't I can't place it. What was that song at the beginning? Oh, it's uh That Thing You Do. Thank you. Because uh that was a special uh for uh, Adam Schlesinger who uh, actually uh wrote that song, uh passed away ah. this past week. Oh, yeah, so yeah. um uh, there you go. That's uh, from the Tom Hanks comedy, Steve Zahn, Steve Zahn, Steve Zahn, however you pronounce it, either way. Um, that guy from the movies. Yeah, him. And uh, and then, of course, also. Um, I'm never going to financially recover from this. That's what I say. That's, that's what I say. Always when, uh, they, they, when, when Funko puts, puts up more pops at a, uh, <laughs> at a convention like the New York Comic Con, they put up like the entire year's worth of. Uh, exclusives and yeah stuff. and i'm like i will i'm never gonna financially recover from this so there you go uh so yeah uh, I, I i just i realized when i heard the um i'm not gonna cut my hair i refuse to wear a suit i'm not gonna change who i am i was like this is fucking koran when this girl's like hey do you want to go on a date and he's like first all i ain't gonna <laughs> cut my fucking hair i ain't gonna wear no damn suit I mean, it's very, it's very much me. It's very much me. I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but you I know, don't, I don't know. But it's here we are. You know, here we it's, are. It's it's a thing. Uh, so before we get to the nitty gritty, we're uh, last last episode we talked about our favorite uh, original Nintendo games. We're doing mm-hmm. this great thing that I love. Uh, that is the chronological release of game systems and our favorite games on those systems. And yeah, it is. It is. It's uh, that was um, a your your brainchild where you sent me the list of alpha or not alphabetical order uh, chronological, chronological order. Yeah, I know words. And so we decided that we're each going to pick one game from each system in order. I love it because uh, I love going back and it, it's hard with some of these to pick one to just pick oh, God, a single yeah. one. And I know it's going to get harder and harder as it goes. Well, this was the first one where I had, like, two that I really, really had to think and try and pick between. So, um, you want me to go first this time? I oh, think you, you let us yeah, off yeah, You please. let us off for the, the NES. So, please, after you. Uh, the first and most surprising thing about this is I still can't believe the Sega Genesis came out in 1988. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm sure part of it's just the fact that I didn't get one until I was like seven. So, uh, you know, to me, it was always, I always thought it was a child of like the early nineties, not the late eighties. Um, but, uh, it was a very tough call between two games for this, but what it boils down to is, uh, the one I went with was my first introduction to the kind of, uh, like side scroller beat 'em up right. games, and it still maintains to be one of my all time like side scroll and beat 'em up like fighters. And I've got to say, probably my favorite game from the uh, Sega Genesis was Streets of Rage Two. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, it also featured the character Skate, which it seemed <laughs> kind of fair that one of the guys had uh, rollerblades he could kick you in the face with. But there you go. That's a badass, um, man. It was a fun game. All like 49 minutes of gameplay you got out of it. (laughs) (laughs) But at the age of like six and seven, it took me forever. And I mean, forever to beat that game. Forever. Forever. Uh, Yeah. yeah. And so I I did not even, I'm a, I'm a bad host this week. I didn't even look up when streets of rage two came out. Eh, let's let's look it up. Let's let's go to the uh, the Wikipedia Street. December tenth, nineteen ninety two. Yeah, so. ninety two video game. Yeah, yeah. Friends of Elf for the Mega Drive, Genesis System. Yeah, December twentieth. Mm-hmm. It was actually it was released in North America first. I figured both of those were usually Japan first, but. I always I always would have considered the same thing, but it's kind of weird to see something like that. And uh, yeah, I think it's weird that Streets of Rage three came out in 1994, and then Streets of Rage four came out this year. That's weird. And and just uh, in case uh, in case you want to hear what the music sounds like, this apparently demonstrates techno and house influences, distorted electro synths. Trancy electronic textures and panning audio. <laughs> Get your glow sticks, kids. Oh, I never knew they ported it over to Game Gear as well. Really? Yeah. Huh. Amazon's telling me that right now. I like it. Oh, no, that's a solid choice because uh, the one thing that the 16 bit era was kind of known for besides licensed games for freaking everything is the side scrolling beat em up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you had, uh, everything. And, and a lot of those were licensed things like, um, one of my favorites, I know we haven't gotten to super Nintendo yet was, uh, the mighty Morphin power Rangers, the movie, the game. Yeah, it was a fun one. It's a mouthful. It was a real fun one. Um, but also, um, the death and return of Superman. Uh, Spider-Man, Venom, Maximum Carnage. All of those like side-scroller beat-em-ups were a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, uh, shout out to Final Fight while we're talking about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I always just kind of, I liked the side-scroller beat-em-up. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of that game. That It was a PS2 launch title that I thought really channeled like the the old school feel of um, of like Streets of Rage and Final Fight and all that kind of stuff, and it featured like secondary characters from like Final Fantasy as the characters. Oh, but... that's cool. That's yeah. What about you, man? What about you? All right. It was a tough choice because I, I there's a lot of Sega Genesis. Like Sega Genesis was the system that like it owned my childhood. It was it was my jam, like it was my go to, um, and we had the glorious um, the Sega Channel, mm-hmm. which through Time Warner Cable you could go, and it was it was however much a month, and they give you like the big block to put in the um, in your system, and you hooked a coax cable into the back of it, and every month they would give you like fifty new games to try. Oh wow! It was like the whole version of the game. It was like the full game. You would they have them classified by genre and like you know editors' picks or whatever, and you could go and you could play them as much as you wanted for that thirty days, and then every thirty days it would refresh. 
So it was like a Netflix of video games that changed every month. And it was super cool because instead of going to, to like Blockbuster, you could just play the Sega channel. And, you know, so that way, you know, you, you could try different games all the time. And if there was a game that you really, really liked, you could, you could just buy it. Like, you would know to buy it. And, um, or you knew that you could rent it, um, you know, so that when it changed in a month, you could go back and keep playing it, all that. So, fantastic idea. Loved it. And uh, my parents actually just sent me a picture. And they've been doing a bunch of cleaning. Uh, they've been like cleaning out a bunch of stuff now that they're, they're cooped up at home. So they're like, they're finding extra stuff to do. And they've been doing a lot of cleaning of the house and everything. And, uh, they actually found the Sega channel. Like I, I, it's weird to say cartridge, but like the, uh, the big cartridge, the big bulky cartridge that you put yeah. in the system, they found it and they oh, have website. it. So I'm going to have them send it to me so that I can, um, I, I know it, I, of course it doesn't work anymore, but like, I really want it just for the. It's going to sit next to the um, the Blockbuster video game championship certificate and card uh, that I have um, that's all Sega Genesis branded. So, um, long story to get to my pick of um, what I'm basically trying to say is I played a lot of Sega Genesis games. Okay. Uh, like, I played... I have at least played just about every Sega Genesis game there is. And, you know, from Shining Force, uh, Maximum Carnage, um, Such a good one. Boogerman was one of my favorites. It uh, sure was a game. <laughs> it was sure was a game. Something. Uh, so all of those, you know, great. Uh, of course, you know, your, your slew of Mortal Kombat titles and all that. But, um, you know, Turtles in Time... Uh, or uh, Hyperstone Heist was the Genesis one. Turtles in Time was the SNES one before someone yells at me. Uh, but I'm not sure I ever played Hyperstone Heist as I'm looking that up now. It's literally like the exact same thing. It's just called something different. Um, one game above all else that I still have as a Sega Genesis cartridge. You're going to find this as a running theme through most of these. Like when I, when I tell you my favorite game, I probably still have it on a a cartridge or when we get to disc based games, I'll probably still have it. Comics zone. Such a good game. The story is if you're unfamiliar with one of the best video games in the nineties, you are a comic book artist who gets sent into the pages of his own comic book and has to fight his way out using power-ups. Um, it's stylized like a comic. You go panel to panel. It's amazing. It is fantastic. It's hard as shit. Uh, it is It is a ridiculously hard game to play, to, to win. Not to play. To play, it's easy. To win, it is freaking hard. Um, it narrowly beat out Earthworm Jim. Yeah, another good, another good one. I always, um, I always put Comic Zone and Kid Chameleon in that classification of like games I loved that I could never get past like the second level on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough because like no joke, like people now are like, oh. Games like, you know, whatever are so difficult and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Like, get past the stampede level on The Lion King on Genesis, <laughs> and then you can talk about hard levels. Get past uh, the underwater level on the NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's uh, impossible. Uh, even though they're fucking turtles and they can breathe underwater. Get past you know, a certain level on, um, comic zone, we can talk. That's when games were actually difficult and not just like artificially hard. Like we'll just make the bad guys real, real hard. Like no, no comic zone. Incredible. It's awesome. Uh, I was, uh, fortunately, um, in one of my previous jobs, I was gifted a, uh, a copy that was the game with the box and the instruction manual. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So I still have that, which is, which is great. 
Um, I have one of the, um, I don't have an original Genesis. I have one of those that like, remember a few years ago, like all the rage was like a lookalike system that like played the games or like the, like the retro cons or whatever they were called, where they played like a bunch of different systems Yeah, and you could actually use like the real cartridges. I have one that's a, that all it does is Sega Genesis stuff. Um, and, um, the only thing that sucks is it, it only plays the NBA Jam. It, it it doesn't play the tournament edition. It only plays the regular edition of NBA Jam, huh. which sucks. Uh, but that's the only game that I've found that it doesn't play. Um, so I've I've enjoyed actually playing Comic Zone like with the Genesis controller and everything. Like it's a hell of a good time. Far and away my favorite Genesis game, despite how difficult it is. Yeah, did you get the Sega Classic? I did not. I picked it up, and I was really happy that that had uh, that had Comic Zone on it. Yeah, it's it's just such a fun game. It's it's a great like it would be a crime if they did not put that on there. It's just so much damn fun. There's you know there's always good stuff to see. Um, like it's always good to see when they uh, when a company puts out a good like classic console. Looking at you, Nintendo twice and yeah. Sega once. Not looking at you, PlayStation. Ugh, what a joke that was. It was so bad. Yeah, it was just it was so poorly done. Like they could have put more games and better games. And they just didn't want to. They didn't want to pay. They didn't want to pony up. Well, because I, I bet you somebody was like, look, these are all the rage right now. No one's really paying it. Like, they're just buying them. Like, if we put one out there, some like people are going to buy it. It doesn't matter what shit we put on it. Put Tekken 2. We don't care. And and, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, sell, we'll sell a couple hundred thousand units and it'll be fine. It's not fine. No. Because people read the game list, and it's like, where's this? Where's that? Where's this? Where's that? You sucked it well, up, Nintendo. And I know that they wanted to do, like, the classic feel, but, like, Jesus fucking Christ. You released the dual stick, like, controller a year and a half after your console. Maybe two years. But still, like... You had the majority of your console's lifespan with the dual joysticks. Like, why couldn't you have just made those a thing? Yeah. Fucking idiots. Yeah. See, that would have made sense. That's the problem. But next week, next week or next episode, I want yeah. to say next week, next episode, we get to talk about one of my all-time favorite consoles, the Super Nintendo yes. system. Yes. Uh, I would consider that a top five console of all time. Oh, Absolutely. And I'm really excited about that one. So I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about my pick for that one. Yeah. I love the Super Nintendo. Same here, buddy. Can you say Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball? Oh. I have a story about that. That's not my pick, but I have a story about that. So don't let me forget it. Oh, I won't. Because oh, I won't. You're either going to be like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Or you're going to be like, kid, you needed a life. <laughs> like one of the two, it, it's it's going to be your call. But um, yeah, so there's uh, there's Sega Genesis, which brings us to what else is going on this weekend? We finally figured out what's been up your butt. Yes, uh, it was a stick. It is gone now. Um, so there's that. You know, it's it's better now. I can now sit. And, um, but no, it's, uh, Empty Arena WrestleMania. Empty Arena WrestleMania. Yeah, it's the WrestleMania with the lowest gate of all time. <laughs> zero. Yes, zero dollars are being made on this WrestleMania. It's the first and only WrestleMania that is taped. So that's interesting. Gives a different presentation. And I'm going to be the first to admit, uh, right now we're recording this and day one is over. Day two is tonight. We haven't watched day two yet. So it's not a complete, and we're not going to do like a review of, of WrestleMania. That's not what this is about. But uh, I, I watched a little bit of it. 
and it was just too too weird and awkward for me to watch. I have been part of wrestling shows that have very few people, uh, like that you can count on four hands. And it was still a lot less awkward than watching it with nobody. Uh, yeah. so I watched the Sami Zayn. I watched most of the Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan match. And I just, I couldn't, I, uh, I watched the, the whole show. Um, as I said, I had a Google Hangouts going, and there were about four or five of us on there uh, simultaneously watching and uh, conversing about it. Um, I think if I'd watched it alone, it would have felt weirder, but having you know people to watch with... Can you feel the quotes on there, people? <laughs> Made it a little better. Uh, you know, I cracked open a couple of the Broken Skull IPAs I have. Okay. Um, enjoyed those. And, you know, uh, the Goldberg-Braun Strowman match was thankfully as short as I was hoping it would be. Um, I think it totaled about, like, 95 seconds or something. 94 too long, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, <sighs> You know, three years ago, they did the um, House of Horrors match with Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. Yeah, where, like, he burned the house down. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Like, I'm talking about the actual, like, match. They oh, had, yeah, know, yeah. Like, that's right. That's right. Like, the broken down old house. Yeah, um, that was that was the lead. Yeah, never mind. That was bad. I'm drunk. Um, never mind. That's okay. That was really bad. Um, yeah. That entire match was terrible, hard to watch, and just not enjoyable. So I was kind of nervous when I read that they were doing a couple matches like cinematically for WrestleMania. And one of them was the AJ Styles Undertaker Boneyard match. I never want to see Undertaker wrestle like a regular wrestling match again. Um, it was it, it was so much fun. It was so, like they embraced the goofiness of it um, and. I think it went like 25 minutes or something, but you never feel bored and That's there's good. just so many goofy ass twists and turns. So and see, that, it, it was worth watching. That was uh, the one thing that uh, I heard from a couple different people. They were like, Hey, uh, if you're like, cause you know, I've been asked by a couple people, Hey, like, have you been watching, uh, did, did you watch WrestleMania? Yeah, well, you never. Yeah, kind of. I, I, and the response was, I get that because you know I feel kind of the same way. Uh, but you need to go out of your way to watch this match. Yeah, like you need to go out of your way to watch it because, um, you know, it's good. It's a thing. So, um, so that's gonna be one that I'm gonna have to track down, and I'm gonna have to uh, to watch that. Because, um, you know, the question that I got asked was, how do you feel about The Undertaker right now? And my response is the same as it's always been um, since then is, um, yeah, he should have retired like five or six years ago. Like, should have just left five or six years, just call it. And, okay, yeah, that's fair. But uh, um, this match will make you it, it, it like it will remind you of the undertaker of old that you love. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? That's a hell of a, that's a hell of a compliment. And it's, it's, it's high praise. So. And the, the, one of the biggest pluses for me was that he did a, it felt like a mix of characters. Okay. Like there was some dead man, there was some American badass, and like even the gear he had, like looked like a mixture of like a few of his different like outfits throughout the years. So there were some subtle cool things in there. Um, I would also recommend going back and watching the triple threat tag team ladder match that was a singles match. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean it's one of the Usos. John Morrison and Kofi Kingston. So, you know, it, it was going to be good. Oh yeah. That has uh, classic. It also had over it. A, cl- a really, really clever ending to it. 
that I thought like I'd never seen in a ladder match before, so really? it's definitely worth going and checking out. All right. I just I, like here's the part where it lost. Like here's the part where the show and the presentation loses me. Mm-hmm. Is like people come out with their music. Like okay, I get that, but then like you jump up on the second rope and you start like posing and shit, <laughs> and like acting like there's a crowd there and you're like, come on, come on, and like raising your like, ah, ah, eh, 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 no, can't do it. I'm actually into it. Um, I appreciate the effort they're putting in for the fan base, and you know it's one of those things I've. Greatly, greatly appreciated that WWE and AEW and GCW to a point like all went out of their way to like still do something for their fans. Right. I'm telling you, so they should have stolen my idea. I would have given it to them, uh, which was every week you just do a year of that show and you do a, a condensed look at that year and then you shove everybody to the network. Uh, I think that might be coming because everything shut down for 30 days. So I think we might get at least three or four weeks of that. Yeah. And be like, and you start at the beginning and you say the best of Monday night raw in 1993 and a short episode. It's Marty Jannetty versus Shawn Michaels. Pretty much like that's about it. And a bunch of max moon and then 94, 95, you just keep going. Those are the dark years at first, but then you, when you start to get to 96, 97, 98, that's when it's the best or it's good. And then early 2000s, and by that time, we're back to normal and it's fine. Yeah. And then you say, you can see all of these moments and more on the network. It's like a commercial, man. I can't keep doing all the work for them. <laughs> there's only so much. There's only so much you can do. I guess there's only so much I'm going to do for free. I mean, so if you're not, uh, so if it's too weird, um, if it's too weird to watch that, like, is there anything you would recommend? Like if we're going to go back and watch some old WrestleMania stuff, yeah. is there anything you would like? And I don't want to talk about like the obvious stuff. Like, no. oh no, I got deep cuts, like no TLC no. to rockin, uh, rockin Hogan, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. no. no. You ready for my first one? I got a match recommendation for you that's going to blow your mind. Fucking let's go. I'm going to start it out with the title of the event, and you're going to be like, no, fuck it. WrestleMania 11. Uh Uh-huh. Shawn Michaels, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. The WWF title match, yeah. Title match. That match is Incredible! It is probably I will go on record as to say that I think that is Kevin Nash's best match in his career. I can I, I'm actually not going to argue with you. <laughs> I know he didn't have a lot of great ones, but like you look back at that match, especially and not even like you take out the rest of you know the card being kind of crappy, the show being very underwhelming. That match is ridiculous in how good it is. First of all, comparatively. Second of all, just as a good match with a young, still on his way up, still not in the best that he was, Shawn Michaels, with Kevin Nash, who, let's be honest, was never that great of a wrestler to begin with. And they have easily a four-star match. Okay. Fantastic match. I'll be real. I've never actually gone back and watched um, a lot of WrestleMania 11. It's not good. No. I mean, it's yeah. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Uh, it's, yeah, it, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty crap. But that is, that is a bright spot. It's probably the only bright spot uh, in that, in that show. It is it is Shawn Michaels at his bumping best. Well, uh, do you want to stay in that same kind of vein? Sure. Um, do you want to hear? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say mine, and you're going to go what? Yeah. WrestleMania 27. Uh, uh. Uh, it is the longest match on the card that didn't feature some kind of gimmick. Okay. At 14 minutes and 46 seconds. All right. Uh, Randy Orton versus CM Punk. Yeah. 
Uh, it's, often overlooked. Yeah, often overlooked. It was the first WrestleMania in probably six years that didn't feature a Money in the Bank ladder match. It was the first one they did that. It was you know, famous for The Rock was coming back and hosting. So other matches on the card... Cody Rhodes and Rey Mysterio was okay. It featured Edge's uh, last pay-per-view appearance for nine years in a very underwhelming match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, it featured uh, the really bad Triple H Undertaker match. Yeah, it was not good. Um, Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler and uh, The Miz versus John Cena, which went 19 minutes and 51 seconds, but felt like it went about 49 hours. <laughs> uh, but Randy Orton and Punk had a very good, like, upper mid-card, because they'd had that weird feud because Punk was leading the Nexus, which they always kind of gloss over whenever you hear about his career. Um, and, you know, they'd all been banned from ringside over the course of the week, so it was just like one-on-one, and it's weird that Orton was the face in this match. But it was a ton of fun. It was a great match. And like I said, it was one of the shining spotlights on an otherwise very uh, dull WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And, you know, we're both unapologetically CM Punk guys. Without a doubt. um, All day, every day. Um, No matter matter what he tweets, I'm okay with it. I'm not afraid of it. Uh, I will give you a uh, a I'll give you a deep cut that should have been so much better, but I have a theory why it wasn't. Okay. All right. So you look back at the the heart of WrestleManias. And I'm talking like the heart of the early years. I'm talking WrestleMania 4. Actually, let's start back. WrestleMania 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. And you think, well, that's Hogan the... Hogan must pose. That's the Hogan years, right? That's the Hogan, yeah. the MVP of all of those run of that run who arguably had the best match on the card every single time, but is often overlooked in each of those WrestleManias, Macho Man Randy Savage. My man. You start looking at three, Steamboat. Four, winning the championship tournament. The finals against DiBiase was a great match. Uh, Six, or or, uh, five, against Hogan. Six, in the uh, the mixed tag with uh, Dusty with uh, Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire, and it was um, uh, Macho Man and Sherry, which is uh, which which is my pick right here, by the way. Uh, but okay. seven uh, Hoag- or uh, Savage Warrior, eight Savage Flair, like every single one of those could have been the headline match. Because they were that good. Because WrestleMania six, first of all, should have just been Macho Man and Dusty Rhodes one on one. Yeah, which would have been a barn burner. But I think I still have a, a conspiracy theory that they knew that it was going to steal the show, and they knew that it was going to be that good, so they made it a mixed tag and kind of because buried they didn't it. want to take away from Hogan Warrior. Yeah, uh, because Sa- you take Randy Savage one of the flat-out greatest of all time in the WWE, working the WWE style. You have Dusty Rhodes, who in the NWA, WCW, one of the greatest working that style of all time. In 1990, when they were both... If they weren't at their peak and in their prime, they were, they hadn't come down yet. And you don't let them just go one-on-one and tear it down. There's something else going on. But what a hell of a good story. The macho, the macho king and the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, the common man going against each other freaking great man 
Just the string of Randy Savage matches, just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I mean, but again, uh, yeah, Savage is the fucking man. Hogan must pose. You had it right. Hogan must pose. Um, for my next one, I'll go with, uh, this is going to kind of sound like a strange one, but if you go back and watch it, it's actually a lot more fun than you remember. It's from WrestleMania 22. Okay. Uh, the match where they, they apparently take her kind of pushed them to end the streak at this point. Uh, the casket match between Mark Henry and the undertaker. Ah, again, you're not going to get a lot of like technical stuff or anything in here. I'm legitimately just picking this because it's a fun watch. And this was when Henry had kind of like hit his like decent kind of like, his first monster run on SmackDown that didn't really go too far because he got injured. This was like right in a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, seeing him like him and Taker put on, I think it's like a 13 or 14 minutes. I need to pull these up faster. WrestleMania Channeling my inner Andre the Giant there for you. <laughs> you notice how uh, whenever whenever someone does an Andre the Giant impression, it sounds like the sounds that my stomach makes when I'm hungry. Where it's like... Yeah, yeah that's, the, what, that's what my stomach sounds like. I mean, and 22, I think, is a very underrated WrestleMania. I'm not crazy about the Big Show and Kane wrestling, Carly doing Chris Masters for the tag titles, but then you had RVD winning Money in the Bank, uh, JBL versus, um, you know, he who shall not be named from <sighs> everything that happened in 2007. Yep. Uh, Edge and Mick Foley in that probably the best hardcore match, uh, main, like, one of the best hardcore matches of all time, I think. We'll ignore Booger or Booger Man. Yeah, Booger, wow. Booger Man. Booger Man. We already talked about Booger Man earlier in the Genesis uh, portion. This also features the Mickey James Trish Stratus match where they ended up having to edit out part oh, of it. Oh yeah, that that was pretty funny. Uh Shawn Michaels, Mr. McMahon, uh Mysterio wins the world title. They have the Playboy Pillow fight as your cooldown match between the two world championships. Uh you call it cooldown, I call it heating up. <laughs> But, yeah, then you had Undertaker and Mark Henry. They go just nine and a half minutes in the casket match. Again, I like it because it's fun. Yeah. It's, I'm, you know me, I'm a whore for gimmick matches. My favorite matches of the year are always the Money in the Bank ladder match and the Royal Rumble. That's, well, that's because they're mostly really good. The Royal yeah, Rumble is always, always just fun. Yeah, and they're always fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, again, it's not going to be... Uh, a technical masterpiece like anything you're going to see, or it's not going to be like a, a high flying. It's just two big dudes just beating the crap out of each other, <sighs> trying to put each other in a casket. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. All right. I got one more as a, uh, as another hidden gem. All right. Low key. Cause I like, I, I did, I tried to stay away from like the, um, like the headlining matches, like the most promoted stuff. I tried to stay away from like the main events, like the over publicized, really, you know, hyped matches. I tried to go with the, uh, you know, the, the usually undercard solid matches. And this is one that I never thought that I would recommend back at WrestleMania 15. Going to 1999. All right. A uh, a weird year for WWE. 99 kind of made no sense in a lot of port in a lot of portions of it. Uh, but the the one on one matchup that was a setup for later on as well. Um, X Pac. Shane McMahon for the European title for the European title. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was, that also featured the, um, the triple H heel turn. 
when he uh, when he pedigrees X Pac to join the corporate team. Uh, big big turning point in the Degeneration X and Triple H character history uh, that often gets overlooked. But uh, I've I've always been a guy like at the time. During an X Pac match, I would always be. I fucking hate this guy. He's annoying as shit. I don't like him. <laughs> He's getting that X Pac heat. Yeah, he like legit X Pac heat. And now I go back and I watch some of these matches, and I'm like, man, he was just so friggin' good. Like he was just so good because he could work with everybody, and was just so great. And uh, look no further than a match with legit a non wrestler. Uh, and it turned out to be one of the most entertaining, low-key matches on the card. Absolutely. And a uh, one that, like, if you go back and watch it, uh, you know, I remember watching Mania 15. And I remember, you know, DX reforms and then Triple H turns on him a little bit later in the show. And, you know, the DX reforms and it's when they go backstage and it's in front of like the old school, like WrestleMania. Like, you know, how they used to have that little kind of thing that looked like it was basically a bay window with the WrestleMania logo in it. Have people do promos. Yeah, they did that. And I was like, hey, I haven't used this in years. This is weird. And then like Triple H goes out and turns on Xbox. And I was like, man, that's son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's that son of a bitch. That promo. Because before that, um, you know, China had been heel and then had had gone back. Yeah. And it was like DX was reformed and stronger than ever. And it was like everybody was reunited and, like, they had that promo. And and you're right. Like, it was like X-Pac was just, like, intense. And it was just like, Shane, I'm I'm, going to – there's nothing stopping me. I'm just going to beat your – and you were like, oh, here it comes. This is going to be so good. And then Triple H turns and, you know, Triple H and China go to the corporation. And you were just like, what a what a roller coaster in the span of like two matches. <sighs> it was good stuff. Well, you were at WrestleMania 15. Yeah. We're going to skip forward two years. Okay. And I understand, you know, I'm talking about WrestleMania X7. It's probably the most famous WrestleMania of all time, one of the most popular. But here's one not a lot of people talk about. It's a triple threat match for the Hardcore Championship (laughs) between Kane, The Big Show, and Raven. And it's the one that uh, features the spot where they were in the golf cart that apparently came within inches of slicing the power, uh, the power line to the entire arena. Oh, man, I remember that. Uh, it features the where they have this like weird office that's just built in the middle of nowhere just so they can have like the throw, like the breakaway glass and like break through walls and stuff. Yeah, I remember the uh, uh, someone was it uh, was it Raven that got thrown through the window. Yeah, Raven went through the window, and then I think Kane and Raven put Big Show through a wall in quotations. Yeah, and it was like, it was really obviously like they built that an hour before the match. Oh, yeah. It was like, I'll just get something in there, it'll be fine. That is just shitty drywall. That is all that is. Yeah. Um, Again, I I just picked it because it's fun. There's, you know. There are two definite Hall of Famers, Hall of Famers in there than Scott Levy. Uh, <laughs> but, and yeah, it's, again, just about nine and a half minutes. It says it goes nine minutes and 17 seconds on Wikipedia. Um, so, again, it's just one of those, it's pro wrestling for pro wrestling's sake. It's fun. It's goofy. And it's... Uh, one of the most famous hardcore wrestlers of all time, just getting thrown around by two of the most famous big men of all time. Yeah, and it's just it's fun to watch. It's I I liken it to uh, the WrestleMania 2000 Hardcore Battle Royal. Oh yeah, that's just like it's just such a mess, but it's so much fun to watch. <laughs> it's hilarious, and then they get the uh, the end wrong, and. 
they get the finish wrong. Yeah, they sure did fuck that up. Yeah, but luckily that was the only only black eye they... on the WrestleMania 2000 show. So, because <laughs> that show wasn't not great. Val Venus with a freaking uh, referee towel. Oh God, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, where that match was the only one that. Uh... Where that gimmick women's match was the only one versus one one yep. one on one match of the entire card. Yeah, yeah the uh, yeah the whatever like the cat fight or whatever the hell it was called um, was the only one on one match. I'd, yeah, unbelievable. WrestleMania. See, like ninety nine and two thousand were those weird two years yeah. that everybody kind of glosses over when they talk about what they love about the Attitude Era. It's always like 97, 98 stuff. No one ever talks about 99. Hey, man, you know what I love about the WWE? 1999. When the big boss man took the Bluesmobile and stole <laughs> Big Show's dad as Big Show surfed on the casket. Where they somehow, or where somehow, uh, Big Boss Man came back to life after he was hung and murdered. Yeah, uh, the, the the story behind that uh, that shot is incredible. The uh, the Bluesmobile dragging the casket because apparently that was like a real that was a real grave site, like a real cemetery, and there was a there there, there was a a funeral a burial going on. And the next thing over. Oh, God. And, like, they they were apparently the next day they were called and they said, don't ever come back. Like, you guys are not allowed to come back ever. I can't say I'm shocked. Yeah. It's like, well, thank God. Hopefully we'll never need to go back. Don't think we have any more car surfing funeral. I fucking hope you don't. Skits to shoot. Yeah, just what a, what a weird, what a weird time. But anyway, so that was my list. I don't know if you have any more. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, I uh, I think that, that that's a yeah. We both had really good random random uh, selections, so that's good. I like it. <sighs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. And I'm not, well, you know, it's it's kind of hard to tell even what day it is right now. Yeah, so. it's just day day is what it is. It's not it's not a real day. It's just day. Okay. Um, all right. Let me get this real quick. Because it's, I think it's time for probably our favorite part of the show. I think you're right. I think you are absolutely right. Uh, uh, let me see if I can copy and paste. Yes, I think I can just copy and paste. I like looking this up and just copying and pasting and then pasting in your last four. Because what we do, it's time again for uh, Chris and Chris do America. <laughs> and let's see what we can find here. Let me delete that. And all right. Uh, yeah, we're going to, uh, I will reveal it to you cause I haven't even told you yet where we're calling. No, I have no idea. Topeka, Kansas. Topeka, Kansas. We're going to Topeka today and, uh, just a complete random. We haven't really hit the Midwest that much. We hit Des Moines, but that was about it. Uh, but, uh, just trying to mix it up a little bit. We haven't hit Kansas. And, um, so we're going to call a random number and we're going to see who answers and we're going to try and talk to him. Let's make it happen. If we get to leave a message, then we'll just leave a message. All right, here we go. Calling Kansas. Sign. Hopefully. Hey there, you reached Michael Thompson, so I can come to the phone right now. Let's please leave your name and message, and I'll just get right back to you. Right. At the tone, please record We're your message. When you finish right, recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hi, Michael. Uh, I'm Chris, and I'm here. I'm also Chris. I'm here, yeah, I'm here with also Chris, and uh, <laughs> we are recording a podcast right now. We're recording the uh, Friends with Benefits podcast, and uh, part of our show is that we dial a completely random number and we try and talk to whoever answers uh, across the country. 
and uh, your number was the one that we randomly put in. And so we were just hoping to have a conversation, get to know you. Uh, but apparently that's not going to be a thing that happens today. So uh, if you'd like, you can give us a call back. Uh, our studio phone is area code 270-883-1617. We'd love to talk to you a little bit about you, uh, you know, things that you like to do. Just trying to get to know people across the country as we're all kind of quarantined in. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe and uh, hope you're enjoying your weekend. Uh, so, yeah, please call us back and tell us your favorite WrestleMania match of all time. Uh, or your favorite Super Nintendo video game. Yes, yes, because we'll be doing that next week. So I hope you're having a great day. Talk to you later, buddy. Bye. Have a good one. All right. There we go. Sorry. Well, Michael. we got that. some voicemail this week. Gosh, I really hope that he calls back. I'd be so happy. It would make me about the happiest guy. It would make me uh, about as happy as uh, Joe Exotic in the Tiger Cage. <laughs> be able to to talk to our friend, our new friend Michael. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens! <laughs> oh, that's like the one line that still I'm just like, what the fuck? What an, what an absolute bitch! Yeah, we all know that uh, she murdered her husband. We know that she did. She definitely Carol. two trillion percent murdered her husband. Carol fucking Baskin. You know, fucking Carol Baskin. Uh, so I think that about does it for this week. We're going to go yell about Carol Baskin. I'm probably <laughs> going to go over and play Man of Medan real quick. I don't know. Something. Um, maybe go for another walk um, before it's time to finish up my weekend. It's weird that it's already the end of the weekend. I hate it. Yeah, uh, everything just feels weird right now, but that's, that's, a, that's a talk for another day. Yeah, uh, maybe next week. Uh, remind me on the next episode, uh, I bought some um, uh, Galaxy Buds. Uh, oh, nice. I've been using them. I've been trying to get into this wireless um, uh, wireless earbud trend. Okay. And I'll tell you how I like them. I've had a couple of days to, to mess with them, and I'll tell you. I'll give you my full review. Into it. All right. So, uh Thank you very much. We, we, had a, we had a great show. This has been fun. We did. We did. Um, and as always, thank everyone for listening. Thank everyone for uh, all the support, all the love, and everything you guys do. We're going to keep coming to you guys for at least twice a week for the next few weeks while everything's still going on. And uh, who knows if we keep if we keep enjoying it. Maybe maybe we'll just keep that trend going for a while. Yeah. All right. Who knows? Thank you. And thank you, as always, for being our friends with benefits.